Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the first ever episode of Morning Coffee with Alex and Hana. We are your hosts. I'm Alex. And I'm Hana. And today we're going to be talking about the question, are you all right? And other things to give a brief introduction on grief and traumatic loss. And most importantly, life after grief and traumatic loss. We just want to put out a disclaimer that we are not psychologists by any means. We're I'm doctors. 20 and she's 21, so we don't know what we're doing, but we have this some is... experience on this thing. Yeah. Why, uh, Alex, why are we qualified for this? Are we qualified? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we're qualified. Why do we think we're qualified for do this? Do you own a black dress? I do own a black dress. Do you own a black dress? <laughs> what event could you possibly have used that for? Could um, possibly <laughs> We're qualified. I mean, I'm qualified for this because I lost my brother in 2018 as a result of suicide. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Let's just get that out on the table right now. (laughs) Um, And about six months before that, my dad passed away from cancer. So we kind of met. Well, we met before all of this happened, but we got a lot closer through all of this chaos, I feel like. Definitely sure. So, but yes, disclaimer. We, we only have no have idea what we're talking about, but, but this is just what we've learned along the way. Yeah. Um, so why does it suck to lose someone? I feel like that's kind of a broad question to ask. All of it pretty much sucks for about yeah. the first year. Or longer or shorter, depending on, you know, your grieving process. But I think it's like all the things that you'd expect, you know, your life changes, especially like the circumstances for both of us losing people. Um they were very, very, very sudden. And so it was like, you know, overnight for Alex and over the span of like three days for me, it was like my entire, our entire lives just completely flipped upside down. So I think that's, you know, to begin with, that's the hardest part. And then you have to learn how to completely relive your life and like move on, but still figure out how to grieve and process. And you, your life doesn't just stop when you lose someone. It has to you have to keep moving forward or you just, you know. Yeah. I think that's the hardest part is that our society believes that when someone dies, the family and the immediate family that's affected can just continue on with their lives after Mm -hmm. two weeks. And we both kind of had to learn that the hard way. Um, There's not really a bereavement plan for college students at the university that we go to. So that was, that was pretty difficult having to, reach out to professors immediately afterwards and tell them right, like, what was going on. Not even a week later for, I think, both of us. Yeah. Like, you're, you're having to explain to professors why you're not in class because otherwise they'll drop you. Yeah. Which I makes think, sense. I think mine was the day of. Yeah. I was emailing people. I think my dad died on a Saturday, and I think that following Monday I was emailing professors telling them it was just like a stock email. And a lot of them like didn't respond. No. Yeah. I was chasing people for five weeks. Yeah. Yours was, I mean, so much worse. Uh, it was not a good <laughs> time, dude. But um, um, in a nutshell, like it sucks to lose someone anytime. But like if you're in a situation like we were that it's not, there's no plan for no. what happens after you lose someone. And like no. after this horrible thing happens in your life, it just makes it so much more complicated than it like has like should be yeah I mean we think about the priorities that most people our age have and it's really hard to kind of be ostracized from that group because you don't really necessarily prioritize the same things which that's not a fault to those people who do like we wish that we were able to do that also like I think that most people at 20 and 21 well when we 
this happened, we were 19 and 20, but I think most people at that age shouldn't be focusing on the things that we were focusing on. And like, that's an incredible thing that they don't have to. So not to say, oh, we're so wise and we're so sage and you don't know what you're talking about. You don't have perspective. No one in our age should have had to have that kind of experience in order to grow up like that. Right. And it's sad because a lot of people do. Yeah. A lot of people, you meet a lot of people who have been affected by traumatic loss through traumatic loss. Which kind of tying into our like next little talking point thing is why it doesn't suck. Yeah. I think when you think about death, a lot of people get really scared and everyone our age, even me before that, we kind of have like this invincibility complex where Mm -hmm. like you don't think that anything is ever going to happen to you and you can not sleep for three days and like, you know, go take a final and do whatever. And like, it's fine. Yeah. But. And eat. Yeah. Like, I don't know, snack packs for four days. Yeah. And I think (laughs) like after someone dies, of course, like it's going to change a lot of stuff and a lot of your priorities. But something that came up for me was my personal health. Yeah, me too. And I think that's something that it's like a silver lining that I can look at that I'm definitely Mm -hmm. in better health now than I was before my brother passed away. Yeah, I think it. a lot of the time, well, I don't want to speak for other people, but in my experience, it it freaked me out because my dad was 51 when he died. Right. And that's young. Like, yeah. that's so young. And I don't want to die at 51. And that yeah. sounds like so weird and morbid. But something like you were saying, the silver lining that came out of it is that I really take my health seriously. And I really, you know, want to live a long, happy, healthy life. And I don't know if I, that would have set in at age 20 if my dad hadn't died. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, it definitely makes you think about a lot of stuff that is important to you that you didn't think about before. Um, I know that both of us really prioritize our relationships now mm-hmm. and telling people how we feel about them and how much we appreciate them and just making sure that they know that they're loved, but yeah. also in the same breath, like, being okay with the fact that sometimes people aren't going to be there for the entire grief process. Yeah. And people come and go throughout that period too. I think there are so many ways, something that we're going to talk about a little bit later is how to help a grieving friend or a family member or someone close to you. But there are so many ways to do that. And I think that people kind of coming and going through that grief process can, it sounds kind of like a negative thing, but I think that it can be a really, really positive thing because you know, people, people give what they can. Yeah. And it's so amazing to have such a, I think that we were both really lucky to have an amazing support system. Yeah. I I totally agree. There were a lot of people that stepped up to the plate when my brother passed and just did a lot of stuff for my family, which brings us to our next topic. (laughs) Weird things that just kind of (laughs) happen when people die. Um, I think one thing that definitely sticks out to me is how much your life just kind of changes like mm-hmm. in weird ways again like we try not to generalize these things because we have our own experiences but I think that that's something that like you can blanket statement say if you lose someone that is in your everyday life yeah your life will change drastically um people don't really know how to communicate with you afterwards yeah that's kind of weird yeah for a long time they're scared that's how I see it I mean I definitely don't want to talk about my dead brother in (laughs) the line to get groceries at Smith's. And I feel like that's what people wanted to talk to me about. And they didn't really know how to bring it up. Right. Or how to like talk about other things when you're dealing with this incredibly huge thing. Right. 
it, it's never, it's, it's hard to find the line of when do I try to be here for this friend and ask questions? And when do I distract them or talk about other things? Yeah. I, I think that we could also talk about the fact that people say some pretty weird stuff to you too <laughs> after people die. Yeah. What's like, what's the craziest thing? I don't want to put you on the spot, but what's the crazy? Do you remember the crazy? I would have to say one time I was in the line to get a Starbucks on campus and someone that I had gone to high school with previously walked up to me and said, oh, like you're the one whose brother died, right? And I was like, "Mm." yes. (laughs) Yeah. How are you? (laughs) That was, that was pretty crazy. Okay. I think that general rule of thumb don't do that <laughs> if, someone, not. if you know that someone like within the last I would say a good solid year buffer yeah don't say something like that as the first opener yeah I would say I would go along if, if it's else. Been, like, I would say if it's been like over a year give or take and you're you run into them in public and you see them you say oh my gosh I'm so sorry I heard about your brother like I, I hope that you're doing well not hey <laughs> hey didn't, didn't you're uh your brother yeah didn't he, <laughs> didn't he pass recently it's weird let me get my latte and go away what's what's the weirdest thing that someone's t- said to you just like gosh. gosh I don't know if it's like offensive okay this but. is okay this can be taken two ways okay because I don't I don't want to I don't even know if I should say this but I'm gonna say it anyway and if it's horrible we'll cut it out later <laughs> but <laughs> but and I don't want to quantify grief or pain I really don't want to because I really genuinely believe that I say this a lot to my friends when talking about stuff like this but the worst thing that I had ever experienced before my dad dying was the worst pain that I had ever experienced right and like the worst thing that I've ever experienced and so that was my that was my scale at that point and so you know I could I only rationalize things to that level I guess is does that make sense yeah so but then after my dad died it was you know the worst thing easily hands down the worst thing that had ever happened to me. And it was a whole new level of grieving and pain. And sorry, I got real dark, real fast, but I think that, so I understand that people pain is subjective pain to is whoever subjective. is experiencing it. Absolutely. But I think something to never say to a grieving person is I understand what you're feeling exactly because I lost my insert extended family member right the circumstances could be completely different and like I I totally recognize too that if someone's coming up to me and they're saying I I lost my great-grandmother they want to help they want they want to be there for you and they they're they can only like understand what you're going through to the level that they experienced and so I think that totally understand why they say those things yeah but also please don't compare my dead dad who I literally talked to every single day and was a huge like my best friend like a huge 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 part of my life to your third cousin that lives in Nebraska (laughs) unless you truly I mean and again it's like it's hard to say that because it's hard to quantify that those relationships yeah you feel guilty yeah and I don't want to say you know don't try to relate to me that's not what I'm trying to say but I, I think just don't try to uh one up that right like comparing yeah uh (laughs) yeah I feel like that's kind of a big thing to take out of this too is like it it can go both ways like 
people can try and like one up and compare, you know, your situation with their situation, but it can also feel like people who want to reach out to you after it's been a while since your, your loved one has passed for help. They don't really feel like they're allowed to do that because they feel like your situation was far worse than theirs. Yeah. It's kind of, it's guilt. Like guilt is such, such a big part of grieving. I kind of felt that way when your brother died. Yeah. Cause I, I, it was about almost exactly six months after my dad died, actually. Yeah. And, yeah. Like almost to the day. Yeah. It was about a week. It, a, a week later and it would have been six months, which is spooky. crazy. Yeah. But um, I kind of felt that way. I was like, how can I even put myself in the situation, like in her shoes, you know? But I think at the end of the day, it's just a matter of imagining the worst experience that you've ever experienced and putting yourself in that other person's shoes and just say like, even I'm if trying. I don't, yeah, you know? I'm here, you know, I don't know how to help you. I don't know what to say, but I'm here. Yeah. That's what I tried to do and I would encourage people to do. Yeah, so. definitely. I think reaching out to people and saying, what did you say? Like pretty recently you said that reaching out to people and saying the wrong thing is better than not reaching right. out at all. I think that I look back and I, there are a few things that people said to me that like, really infuriated me which we'll talk about we will absolutely we'll really go we're exposing really exposed some people just kidding (laughs) no No names no 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 (laughs) we will talk about that kind of thing we will go into depth but I would say that that's maybe five occurrences out of everyone that I talked to yeah and the things that I remember it wasn't who reached out to me and made me mad or who reached out to me and said the wrong thing quote-unquote I think the I just remember people just flooding in around me and just telling me Hey, like I'm here. Even if they said, Hey, you know, my goldfish died. I understand what you're saying, like what you're feeling, you know? Yeah. You can be angry at them, but it's like, okay, like thanks for, thanks for putting an effort though. Yeah. What I'm going to remember is not that you said some dumb shit. It's like you reached out and you were there. Yeah. Um, I think that what sticks out more to me is the people that just plain did not reach Mm -hmm. out to me at all, even though I had known them for a while or like they had known my brother even like family friends just didn't say anything. Yeah. You know, it was kind of weird. I, I think that that's a hard line to walk to though, because they might not know what to say. Exactly. Yeah. But again, I would say it's better to it's just still the, say the thought that counts. I would agree. Yeah. But that's also, we're looking, you know, hindsight's 2020. Yeah. We're looking back on it and thinking, well, that's what I would have done. But in the moment, you don't know what you think. <laughs> like, oh, fuck dude. Yeah. That sucks. Uh, do you want to uh, like? <laughs> so, I think just like also and weird things that happen after people die is that you are going to lose people that are still alive that Mm -hmm. used to be in your life that might not be able to handle what's going on. And like, that's okay. Like we, we didn't really expect everyone to be able to handle all of this. We, we don't even want to handle it most of the time. True shit. Um, But I, I feel like, if you are to take anything away from this, it's that everyone is going to experience loss at some point. None of us are immortal to that. And like, we are all going to lose someone that we love. And sort of morbid, but I think of it as like more beautiful than that sounds. So (laughs) beautiful, man. Whoa. But like, it is something that really connects all of us. And even though Alex and I were really young, we lost someone really close to us. We have that experience where we can now go into the world and, hopefully help people who go on to lose people that they love. And I think that that's something that 
is a full circle moment for humanity in general is right. something really, really, really horrible. It doesn't even have to be a death. Like something really horrible happens to you and you can either let it ruin your life or you can turn it around and use it as a lesson and help yeah. other people going through it. Cause this is just part of the human experience, you know? But also you have to prepare yourself that at some point, like there are going to be people that you're just going to have to let go do their own thing. Yeah. And that's really okay. Like, yeah, you just have to be able to accept that. And, and it's not for me. I didn't have any bad thing. Yeah. I yeah. didn't have any horrible falling outs with people after no. my dad died. I just had just this, kind of grow. Yeah. You know? in, in a different way. Like we're all growing. We're all on this path. I sound like such a damn hippie, but like <laughs> truly we are all on this path and we're all going at our own pace. We're all on our own path and we have to just do things in our own time and this happened to us and we had to grow from it. Yeah. But the perspective that I gained from losing my dad was the thing that I think really, really solidified some of those relationships Absolutely. and, you know, really kind of let some of those go. Cause I realized immediately or almost immediately what was important to me and what wasn't important to me anymore or what I had just didn't have the energy to pretend like I cared about anymore. Yeah. And yeah, I think. And like you, you lose part of yourself too. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That sounds so existential. <laughs> We're psych majors. I don't know. If we- <laughs> Could you notice? We get really into the brains. Um, but yeah, you, you definitely lose like pieces of yourself all yeah. the way. But you, you gain so much it's so, so much more insight. Yeah. Everyone should lose someone. Yeah. And that, that, came, <laughs> that came off a little like, you know, <laughs> my sister's like giving us the side eye. She's kind of grinning at us, but that's not what we're saying. But I think that you have to understand that truly this, these experiences, any traumatic experience, you can either run from it or you can grow from it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What's that Kung Fu Panda quote? What's oh, the Kung Fu yeah. Panda quote? Do you know what I'm talking about? I'll, I'll, I'll insert it in a minute. I'll try to I'll try to edit it in. <laughs> Hi past Hana. This is future slash editing Hana. Um the you're an idiot, which we've already established, but the quote that you're thinking of is not relevant, but here it is. Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. I don't know why you thought that was gonna be the one that you wanted, but you know what? <laughs> I'm coming through with that. Um but anyway, you can either run from things or you can grow from things. Right. And you this stuff like this can crush you and it can really, really feel like the end of the world. But if you're going to get one thing from this podcast, like let it be that it's not the end of your life. Yeah. You There's going to be learn. stuff that happens to you for the yeah. rest of your life. That's going to seem debilitating and it's going to seem like you can't move on from it. But sometimes it's unfortunate that, you know, the world keeps going, but <laughs> you um, want it to just stop for maybe like, right. Just like take a breather, you know. <laughs> Get your feet under you, but need to sleep. And oh God, yeah, yeah. But I, it keeps going, and you just have to, you know, hit the ground running. Because I know for me that at any point, if I stopped, I felt like I was just being overcome with emotion. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes you need that. But and again, everybody kind of grieves differently. So right. I think for you, it was kind of go go go. You yeah. really really threw yourself even more into school and really just didn't take time to, you know, do some stuff that was necessary for me. I mean, it definitely wasn't the best way to go about it. I'm 
I don't want you to advocating that necessarily. Yeah, no. (laughs) But at the end of the day, you grieve how you grieve, man. Yeah, you can't you can't judge yourself for how you're grieving too. There's for how long you grieve, for how you grieve, for when you. We were talking about this at dinner, like the weirdest thing. There's not a rule book. Yeah, like for how you grieve. There's generalized sort of patterns, maybe, but everyone's so different. Right. And I think, you know, going into like the rules of grief, like society really tries mm-hmm. to put rules on it, like a time limit. Time frame more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, like people being frustrated with like emotions or, right. you know, you not being able to even get out of bed in the morning sometimes. Like, yeah. That's where a lot of the guilt comes from, I feel like. You feel like you should, or I felt like I should be moving on. Yeah. I should be trying harder to feel better. You're just exhausted. I was tired. Just, that was like, more even than sadness, because I got to a point where I just could not feel sadder or any more sadness that I just, I didn't even recognize myself. And I was the thing that I just felt overwhelmingly was just exhaustion with very, 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 very basic things. There's a really good analogy that my dad told me. I can't remember what therapist it's from, but uh, it's like you have 100 units of brain power a day and 99% of them are going to grief. And that means you have one unit left to do everything, everything else. Everything else. So that, like for us, that would mean homework exercise maintaining relationships like general hygiene and care oh my god showering for the first couple dude i just i my i i I just like to apologize (laughs) anyone who hugged me for the first week after my i'm so sorry i'm sorry (laughs) i'm sorry but but that's the kind of thing that you just have to let let that shit go like that's something where i'm i like to be a little bit more presentable. I, Alex and I are both very, very academically driven and, yeah. you know, we're both, we, I would say it's safe to say that we both have really high standards for our own behavior. Right. We expect a lot from ourselves and we were not functioning after we lost our brother, our brother, <laughs> our communal brother and our communal dad. No, but Alex <laughs> lost her brother and I lost my dad. Like, yeah, we, we felt different. So different. And just in it's human, weird. It's weird. Right? Yeah. You you feel so strange and like I feel I like felt, a shadow of yourself. Yes. Like you're not really in control. It's like right. autopilot the whole right. time. Right. I I definitely remember like having conversations with people and then not even five seconds afterwards being like, What, what? did I say? Did I just, like, did I, what were we even talking about? What was I saying? Because it's you still you still have that desire to kind of make small talk and uh, interact with people on a normal sort of human level. But yeah. You you. I would get like a minute into it and just my brain would be Space done. Yeah. yeah. It's like static. I'd be like, well, that's, that's, that's my one unit and I'm done. Yeah. And also I feel like, like people don't talk about like memory loss. No. Yeah. Like during grief. I thought I was going crazy. I thought I was going crazy until I talked to Alex about it. And she was like, yeah, no, there's just blackout periods. Of also that like our memories are just like not good. Not good. <laughs> like at all. There's a, we're going to probably go into it more in depth in another study. Yeah. In another study, in another podcast. Episode. But there have been multiple studies talking about how, like, your brain physically changes after a traumatic event. Yeah. And it, that's so strange to me because I feel like a lot of the time, like, I know a lot of my brother's friends 
we're dealing with some of the stuff that we're talking about and felt the same way, you know, like yeah. what, what's wrong with me? What's going on? Right. Am and I there are these studies that are saying that like you're physically changing, yeah. like your, your brain's anatomy and chemistry is physically changing. But you're so focused on just getting out of bed in the morning that you don't even realize until you're looking back on it and saying like, Oh wow. Oh, wow. Like, there's, <laughs> there's some stuff that's not right. What's up there. happening? Like, I know that there have been times where, like, I'll drive to the wrong place. Like, <laughs> just not just, like, somewhere. times, like, multiple times. Like, this happens frequently. <laughs> or, like, we will be looking for something and we'll be holding it at the same time. Like, okay, she says we, minutes. but it's her. She's, like, she'll be on the phone with me. Yeah, for 20 like, minutes. Where's my phone? I can't find <laughs> it. <laughs> How do you think you're talking to me right now? <laughs> Even the audio splitter? Oh, my audio gosh. Splitter. The damn audio splitter. I have... It's, you know what, I'm not even going to get into it because just, just know for future reference, I'm a general dumbass to begin with. And then with the memory <laughs> loss, it's, it's so rough. You guys, I literally was looking for this headphone splitter for so long and it was in the most logical place, obvious, the smart most place. obvious, smart, high functioning lo- like logical place that it could have been. And I couldn't find it Yeah, for probably three hours. Yeah. About just about, I would say that. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that happens. Your brain and your body and your life just change. Yep. And it's, it's, it's It's neither good nor bad. I think Um, that's safe to say. Yeah. Society really puts it on you to be okay for a long time and to move on. And we've kind of established that, but I think that we need to highlight the fact that it's okay to be sad. Yeah. For a really long time. Yeah. You know, you're in shock probably for the first four months. So, I mean, yeah. Are you even sad if you're in shock? You're just like... Numb. You're numb, yeah. Autopilot. Yeah, complete autopilot. Um, I know that for me personally, my brother passed away in early April and I probably didn't start processing anything until October. Yeah. Just about. I would say watching that, I would say that's a good... Pretty accurate. Timeline, yeah. Um, And it can vary for everyone. Yeah. I mean, okay, you might be someone who immediately processes it and in six weeks in you are so zen and you're like this sucks I'm sad about it but here's how I'm gonna move forward and you could be someone who's six years later and you're slowly processing it chunk by chunk and you're devastated about it but you're the key word is that you're processing the key you know idea is that you're trying to go you're trying it. yeah and trying looks different for everyone and that's I kind of almost hate that word. Yeah. How do you prove that you're trying? Like, that's yeah. stupid. But I think just, again, like, it's okay not to be okay for as long as you need to not be okay. Right. And I think, you know, if you're in shock and, like, people are telling you, like, it's time to go back to work, it's time to go back to school. Like, Is it? No. Are you sure? <laughs> it's not time. It's are really, you really positive? Um, and, like, there's this kind of trope that there's stages of grief, mm-hmm. you know, and something, um, really, really interesting that I, I can't remember if I read it or saw it or someone told me about it. My brain, you know, it's the memory loss. <laughs> <laughs> it's the trauma. <laughs> it's the trauma. No, but this, this idea of, um, sort of going through the stages, you know, you have how many stages of grief are there? there's like five like five or six yeah anyway but you have a set amount of stages of grief and I think generally you think that you go through them I thought going in into a this linear process in a right? linear process but you sort of something that I've I learned is that you don't necessarily go through them in that I think it was a therapist yeah I think it was my therapist 
you don't necessarily go through them in that order. You don't necessarily go through every single you one can of them. Bounce through them. You can, yeah. You, you can, can experience twice, like yeah. twice as many. You know? Yeah, the same thing twice, the same thing four times. Yeah, like all of them at the same all time. All of them at the same time. Two it's weird. Yeah, like there's no right way to grieve. And then if you're not educated on it, because I definitely did not know anything about <laughs> Me grief. Me neither. I, you think that you're literally going crazy. You're like crazy, but because everyone's telling you it's denial. Anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Like the giraffe that's like sinking into the quicksand. I remember that. You know? <laughs> and then at the end, he's like, he like accepts it and it's just his head. Yeah, anyway. Shout out you know. YouTube 2010. <laughs> like the animals rolling. Like Non-spawns. <laughs> Not spawns, but if you want to hit us up, whoever made that video. Um. Yeah, I, I definitely remember feeling denial, but also like waves of anger at the same time. Yeah. And I was like, how, like what? And I, I didn't experience anger. Really? Yeah. I was Which, angry a lot. <laughs> I think the other people that I've talked to that were even grieving my dad, like grieving the same person, felt that anger. And yeah. you felt that anger. But I, I personally didn't really, maybe a little bit later on. But I think that's what's so interesting about grief is that everyone's experience is different and mm-hmm. there's not one way to do it. There's not even six ways to do it. Like, I grieve differently. I'm still grieving. I think I'll be grieving. I don't know how long I'll be grieving. I'll let you know. But like... <laughs> It's been a year and a half and I'm still grieving and that's my life now. Like that sounds really, really horrible, but it's it is. part it's of my part life. Of, yeah. Losing my dad and not having my dad in my life is part of my life. And it's a really, it's a huge part of what has made me who I am today. It's weird because it's almost as like natural as eating to me now. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. just like something like, or and brushing my teeth. it's not a sad thing anymore to me. No. It's just my life and I love talking about him and I love meeting people who knew him when he was young and I love meeting people who were like I love meeting people who knew him at all and I love to talk about him right and he was such a huge part of my life and he's still such a huge part of my life yeah I think what the biggest thing that we're trying to get at is that during the entire grief process you're not okay and like you know I can't even begin to explain how many times we were asked, you know, are you right? Are you all right? Are you doing are okay? You okay? Like, like, no, no, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> what Please part of what I'm doing me. is leading you to thinking that I'm doing any sort of okay right now. <laughs> like at all in any capacity. I have been eating casserole for every for meal weeks. for like the past weeks. three weeks. Cause they just keep on showing up. I'll on my you like lucky charms. Yeah. Days. For like a month, I only ate Lucky Charms because yeah. I everything tasted like cardboard. Yeah. So like, like what was Charms. the point? Magically delicious. <laughs> I get it. Um, what? But- <laughs> I, I just want to ask. I don't want to, again, I don't want to put you on the spot. I feel like this is. No, this is funny. But what is, instead of saying, are you okay? What, if you had to pick one phrase, what would you want someone to reach out and, start it and say to you and ask you instead of, are you all right? I think for me, it would be, what can I do for you in this moment? Yeah. You know, because it doesn't have anything to do with how I'm feeling or what's happening like in my life. But, you know, what do you need? Right. I think sometimes, too, it can be really helpful to get really specific and say. Do like little things. Yeah. Something that like I think a general rule of thumb is what is something that me as a functioning, well, relatively as a not currently super grieving, that's what we'll call the first, like, that's what we'll call the first year super grieving. Okay? Super grieving. Super grieving. Dun, 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 dun. Avengers assemble. <laughs> Grievers assemble. <laughs> but me, I'm out of that. 
sorry, I thought my phone was ringing, but I'm out of that kind of initial, you know, horrible, horrible shock phase. Right. And again, like that could be longer or shorter depending on who you are. But for me, I'm, I'm past that now. And so me as someone who's not in that phase, what's the last thing in the world that I want to be doing right now? So for me, the last thing in the world that I want to be doing right now is like sweeping my floors. Yeah. So if someone's grieving, that's not even like, that doesn't even cross the yeah. threshold of the list. For, so I think that, you know, reaching out and saying, can I come over and sweep your floors? Can I come over and walk your dogs? And imagine, you, you know, like dogs. this is how we feel right now, like after about a year to a year and a half of yeah. dealing with this. Imagine what it's like, you know, a mere two weeks after. Like yeah. these things can really help people. Yeah. I know that after my brother died, um, someone came over and just like mowed our lawn. Yeah. you know, balanced our checkbooks. They didn't pay for anything, but like they just, you know, allocated yeah. our money to the right places. That way we didn't lose water. Come over and wash someone's dishes. Or just watch a movie with me. Yeah. And, like, let me cry every five yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah. Watch a sad movie. Watch a happy movie. Yeah. Watch, I mean, you know, just, just coming over and saying, I'm going to take an hour out of my life to go do something for someone that, and again, this isn't always an option for everyone, but if, right. if you can give that hour, that two hours, that however long, even like a full day, whatever you can give to someone, you'll get back. Because people in super grief, like, I love that word. I know, I love, I'm glad you coined that. They, they don't experience an hour like, like normal, not, I guess not normal, like people who haven't been affected by grief. Right. To them, an hour can feel like a year. Yeah, in our experience, I think that just the days crawl on and. Yeah, you're just waiting for the seconds to tick by. Yeah, and like, it took so much energy to just put my feet on the ground get my teeth brushed, you know, put on something other than sweatpants. Like having that, I think having people come over, I know that uh, two of my friends came over not too long after and were just hanging out with me and I was, um, you know, doing something else. And while I was distracted, they did my dishes. Yeah. And I think about that all the time. And, and actually Alex, right after it happened, she drove down and she and one of our other friends, brought food and you know little gifts and just like really thoughtful little things and they weren't they didn't ask me how are you what are you how are you doing they were just there and they just showed up and they could you only need stay this. for five minutes yeah <laughs> Alex brought socks and a little bath bomb thing and she just gave me a hug and said hi I'm here and that that was that was it for me like that was you know those little things or yeah it seems like a small thing in the moment to you and sometimes I get myself with that I think I, I want to be doing more but I just don't have the energy or I, I don't have the time or whatever it is. But those little things seriously make all the difference to someone who's in super grief. And also just knowing that if you knew that person personally, but weren't as close to them as their, you know, close, close family. Yeah. It's, it's okay to still feel grief oh for my that gosh, person. Yes. I know that a lot of people didn't want to say that they were grieving my brother yeah. to me. And, like, it's okay. Like, I totally get it. Out of everyone, I'm the one that gets it, you know? Yeah. And I just, if you're experiencing grief and, like, you don't, you don't want to tell people that you're experiencing grief, like, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I think that, I think that people think that you have to have a, a, some sort of level of connection with this person that's like either your this is the person that you lost is like your best friend or your immediate family in order to truly feel validated in in missing them or grieving them right and that's not true I don't think I think that people I mean you can grieve people that you I, when Stan Lee died 
Yeah. I grieved and I definitely didn't grieve to the same level as I'm sure his immediate family did or like his good friends. There's so many levels yeah, to grief. It's, but I, it's, it's okay to feel it. Yeah. It's not a competition. You were talking like when Paul Walker died. It's like, and those are such obscure celebrity things, but it's not a competition. No, no one's going to win. No one's going to win. No one, you don't want to win the, the grieving game. <laughs> That's not a fun game. The grief marathon. Just like, just be there. Just be grieving together. Like, don't, yeah. don't quantify Once again, it. This also, is, yeah, this is something that's going to unify all of us. Yeah. Something that we can all, we can, you can really like love on people when they're grieving and you can really, you can really be there for people. And in that sense, they can also be there for you. Yeah. So just, just know just that like, if people. you're, if you're not all right, like it's okay. Yeah. You might if it not was be your neighbor that tomorrow. died, if it was your brother that died, yeah. if it was your best friend, it's okay that you're not okay. And, you know, you might not be okay, like, tomorrow or next week or even, mm-hmm. like, in 10 years, and that's all that's right. Okay. Just make sure that you're seeking Working help it. for it, you yeah. know? And, like, however, like, whatever that translates to you, just just do your own thing. Yeah. You got it. You got this. Life goes on. Now we're going to sort of introduce a segment that we're hoping is going to be pretty constant or at least semi-regular on our show. And this is a guest star segment. And I am super honored to um, introduce my older sister, Molly. Hi, everybody. Um, Yeah, so Molly is my older sister and one of my best – well, no, my best friend in the entire world. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's a natural birthright. There's only two of us. So, um, (laughs) yeah, so – uh, we're going to ask her a couple questions, and I'm sure this is not the last time you will hear her. I was going to say see her, but you'll hear her on the on the, the potty, as I like to call it. Uh-huh. Alex doesn't like that so much. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> we're going to get her on board. Um, all right. First question. Where is the funniest or weirdest place that you have ever grief cried? Oh, yes. Grief crying. There has been a lot of that. Um <laughs> <laughs> So probably the uh, the strangest place, the most non-traditional place, was uh, at the motor, motor vehicle division right after I had <laughs> bought my first car after my dad died. Um, <laughs> I'd been in line almost all day. And, oh, yeah, everyone wants to cry anyways, but uh, but I had yeah, been there all fun. day and yeah. bought my first car without my dad and just got to thinking about that a little too intensely. He was, he was very, very involved in all of our car endeavors he was yeah lives. yeah from from the beginning I mean yeah. my very first car was a was sort of a gift through him so right. uh yeah so there I was and there's this poor terrified underqualified lady and I'm 21 years old and I am just sobbing there at the counter oh, and I can't even find I'm trying to handle all this paperwork <laughs> that's how it goes and I'm trying to handle all this paperwork and I have all the wrong paperwork and she's like what the hell is wrong with this poor girl and I'm it's the grief that was it the is yeah it's the trauma yeah. you can't just be like I'm so sorry no, my dad just, just died I mean, okay. I mean for the record you can be that way that's true that's it true, makes people a little uncomfortable but it's, it's particularly in the MVD probably yeah <laughs> But you gotta do what you gotta do, you know? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm sure I'll tell this story later, but I have to say mine would be on a submarine. <laughs> yeah, that's... Mine was in a public restroom, and I will not be telling that story, but just let that... Let that know, sink in. That, <laughs> think about that. Imagine. All right. Second question. What was the weirdest or best grief food that you have ever received? Ooh, so I'm definitely gonna go with best. Um, and nice. a little 
background on this. For some reason, uh, right after my dad died in that first week, all of our good friends and neighbors, out of the kindness of their hearts, um, <laughs> apparently decided to bring us shepherd's pie. Yeah. So we had seriously so a much. fridge full of shepherd's and pie. And a freezer every, full. Yeah, exactly. We had to freeze them. <laughs> and, it, and it was everybody. It was, like it was so nice. Our neighbor and so, our sorority so, so sisters kind. and best friends of ours. Uh, best friends of mine. Actually, uh, turkey, shepherd's pie, freaking amazing. Exactly. Exactly. Just, and I just love you. Truly every kind of shepherd's pie. I mean, traditional and non-traditional. But, you know, by the third day of, uh, of greeting mourners and eating potatoes and meat, um, it was reaching burnout pretty quickly, so... Uh, we get pretty tired of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're Irish, but we're not that Irish. Not that Irish. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a good friend of ours brought over this giant pan of green chili chicken enchiladas that were uh, northern New Mexican style, and that Which was... Is the better, the superior yeah, enchilada yeah, the style. casserole style. And, um, and I openly wept there in the kitchen... Mm-hmm. Just seeing this pan of enchiladas <laughs> arriving. Especially because our dad made them so often. It, he did. He did. It was one of his signature dishes. And, and I don't think, and I don't think, I don't think we ever made shepherd's pie. So that was... <laughs> yeah. There was that no was the first produce. time I ever had Yeah, exactly. No, no fresh food, brings, right? No one brings vegetables or, or fruits. fruits. Yeah. Fruits. What, what did you say the other day? I haven't seen or heard. Oh, I haven't seen or heard it from a vegetable in like seven weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To be fair, Greek food seriously awesome thing great comfort food yeah, great wonderful, comfort food. wonderful you don't want to cook you're feeding molly and i have a very large family extended family and everyone was in town you know for a pretty extended amount of time which was incredible and i'm so grateful that that was able to happen but you're feeding a lot of people and you're sort of hosting a lot of people and you don't want to cook for these people you don't want to cook for yourself no. so <laughs> comfort food grief food great. huge fan so huge awesome. fan so no, not bashing it but my God, I, I mean, I think I probably would openly weep at the sign of like spinach yeah, <laughs> or a pineapple or something at that point. Cause you just no, there's no fresh food because you have to be able to keep it. It has to keep. Yeah. Going. Um, I would say that I don't think I could eat lasagna to this day. Yeah. I think I, 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 I would be hard pressed to eat shepherd's pie still. That's yeah. yeah. Amazing. So grateful. And it was delicious every single time that I ate it, but yeah. it's just so much shepherd's pie. Yeah. So much. Oh, yeah. one person did bring us brisket. The same person that brought us the green chili. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, or wow. pulled pork or something. It was like in a crock pot. It was so yeah, good. Yeah, that was, ooh, awesome. that was just a good day. That was as good as it could have gotten. Truly, <laughs> truly came through. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on our show. I'm yes, sure this won't be too. the last time that we'll see you. That's true. Yeah. She's, we'll be around. She's local and we like her, so. Yeah, you know. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast, we're all gonna watch uh, Fast and Furious and have a sleepover. So, you know, this might not even be the last thing you hear from her during this podcast. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> My fun fact is that every year, hundreds of new trees are planted because squirrels forget where they buried their acorns. Honestly, relatable. Or their nuts. Super relatable. I mean, I definitely forget where I. It's the memory loss. You know what? I'm not even gonna finish that. Thanks for listening to this episode. We really appreciate it. And I promise we'll get better. We're working on it. Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. If not, whatever. But you know what? We we really do appreciate the fact that you might be listening to this. Yeah. Because 
I don't know. This is a pretty important part this of This is pretty lives. therapeutic for us. And so hopefully Honestly, this yeah. is beneficial for someone else out there. If you're grieving or if you're, if someone you love is grieving, um, maybe, maybe we helped. I don't know. Did, I don't know. I don't know. But or I mean, at least made you laugh. That's, you know. Yeah. That's, that's the number one. That's the goal. We talked about squirrels and sharks. So. And dead people. And dead people. Yeah. What, how, what's not to love, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but until then, hopefully you will get to listen to us in the future just remember that you can always access our new and previous podcasts on spotify and anchor.fm which is the platform that we're using for this podcast it's really cool you should check it out very very cool and yeah stick around there's some cool stuff coming in the future